Welcome to All Things to Bet, a podcast hosted by Taylor and Brittany. We'll be coming to you with brand new episodes every Tuesday. If you want to tweet along as you listen, feel free to use the hashtag AllThingsToBetPod. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Things to Bet podcast episode 15. I'm Brittany. I'm Taylor. And today we have a very special guest joining us. Julesy, do you want to say hello? Hello, I'm Jules and I'm from Bet and Tina House of Stir Fry, head chef. <laughs> um, so last episode we had Ash Silver on and in an effort to avoid having to get to the really shitty part of season one, <laughs> Taylor and I have taken a detour and we're just asking our friends slash creators to come on and talk to us because it's about to get real dark in these final four or five episodes. So yes. I mean, we also love them and think that they're work and their content is amazing so it's it's equal parts procrastination and adoration i'm happy to be your excuse it's fine yeah that's right (laughs) so jules to start with why don't you tell us a little bit about your instagram is like your main platform that you use i know you have a twitter too yes tell us a little bit about how that idea came to be how long you've been you know running that account etc etc yeah so I, I started the uh, Instagram account in 2019, February 14, 2019, Valentine's Day. <laughs> Cheesy, I know, but then you've seen some of my posts, so it shouldn't be a surprise. I started re- a rewatch of the show. Well, more like a reacquaintance of the show because I did see the first season when it aired and I did enjoy it a lot. I loved Bet and Tina and I was, you know, just watching to see how it would go. And then the way it ended the first season, my friends and I were like, WTF, I don't know if I could curse. Um, it, it, yeah, like, yeah. what What the fuck? <laughs> and then my friends and I would like kind of act out Tina's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, that whole part. And I was like, that, that's not something I really like. I, I loved the acting, but my God, that's not the way I saw the couple that I really kind of fell in love with. And then I'd either I forgot that there was more seasons or I just didn't start it up again, the, the, the hiatus. So then cut to 2018 and um, I just caught like a marathon on Showtime in the evening. You know, they show three episodes, four episodes in a row. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this show. And it was like season four towards the end. And I'm like, oh, are they still together? Because it was that I remember seeing that scene where they were sitting together. And that's like, why is it so hard to? be with me and I'm like oh <laughs> it's not really oh because I definitely still saw something there I'm like I started watching again like I watched that uh, season four and then five then went back and started from the beginning and then watched season six so then I'm like I as I was watching I took screenshots because I was like they are gorgeous and these scenes are just beautiful mm-hmm. and I had a whole bunch on my phone and I was like, let me start this Instagram. I was going to keep it private. Cause I was like, who's going to want to see these little collages that I'm about to make. <laughs> I always thought that there's so much more to their scenes as well. 
So I thought pictures and some words to go with them, you know, some, some why I love this scene, why I love them in this scene, Jennifer and Laurel's chemistry, all that good stuff. I just started writing it really for myself. And then like people started following and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, I, I'm meeting other people, meeting other fans. And when I, you know, I, that's when I, after I started it in 2019, people just gradually started following. And then I, you know, branched it out to, to Twitter, like a, as it's like a, a takeout place. So it's like quick fan interactions as well. And it's like a whole concept type thing of like a, a restaurant where you have little extensions and you <laughs> serve people what they want to see, which is Bettentina. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that so much. And so when you started to do your rewatch, were you like, dang, I wish I wouldn't have given up on this show way back when? (laughs) 100%. 100%. Wow. I mean, like, I I, I started back in season four. Like, they weren't even really together. But then I I could see that there's still something there. And... I was like, oh, okay, so let me watch four. And then, like, the episodes just kept playing. So I was like, oh, five. And, like, oh, season five. And, um, yeah, yeah, season five. And I'm like, okay, they're together at the end of five. Before the season six starts, let me just start from the beginning. And then I will I will find season six somehow and watch it on my own time. So I really just, you know, I, I, I do regret not watching in real time, but it would have probably driven me crazy. The social media today actually helps me get my feelings, these strong feelings that I have out and share them. That wasn't available back then. So I, yeah. Yeah, And I can imagine too, if you were frustrated with the way season one ended, I can't imagine that seasons two and three would have particularly helped with that frustration at all. So maybe it's good that you caught the end of season four and then went into season five and then could go back knowing that that's where it was going. I probably would have given up some time while I was watching it in real time anyway, (laughs) because I would have been like, season three, what the what the fuck? I was, I'll curse. What the fuck? I mean, come on. Yeah. But I'm glad I caught up and I'm glad I got to jump in while I could and meet so many new people. You know, sure. just part of the whole beauty of this, this ride for me is meeting so many great fans, actually. Yeah. yeah and you have some very thorough and in-depth opinions about Tibet or Tina as bet, Tina and Bet as you call them, because you don't really like using the term Tibet. I, I know that. You, you've shared that a little bit before, but you want to explain a little bit why you don't really use that ship name? Yeah, I mean, I get it. And if I run out of the 140 characters or the 2,200 characters limit, I will use it. But I feel I feel like, and it's a great name, you know, it's a Tibet, like the country is the calm, that sounds like the country. It's really pretty perfect, but there's not enough Tina in there. Ah, uh. T.I., you know that's all we get, T.I., yeah, that's we, have, we have Bet's full name, which is, yeah. you know, I love Bet, but usually when these do these ship names, there's like a little bit more of a, like a, a even divide. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still well, how, on with Tin Bet, but yeah, how emblematic of their relationship that Bet is taking <laughs> up uh, most yeah. of the space in their ship name. Yeah, there you go. There you I go. Thought of that before. Yeah, there you go. Not enough Tina. Not enough T. 
What a yeah. visual metaphor of their relationship. And that's all I see. Like sometimes I, like, I'm looking, I was like, oh, I know their end game, but let's have a more equal kind of partnership because that's sure. the problem, right? Right. That's the current problem they're in right now. It, that's, that's what got them to where they are now. Right. I can just hear Molly in my head going, you know what is equal? Teen Carl? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the ship that name that shall not be mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to make that joke that wouldn't get people mad at me. So sorry for throwing you under the bus, okay. Molly. But, well. Molly will be on the next episode she, so she can defend herself yes. a little bit and yeah, be true. a car shipper. True. <laughs> yeah. Come um, on, the name Tin Car. Come on, that's ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> No, but I, I do like that you are pretty adamant about the fact that you don't use that because I think that one of the things I really enjoy about your content is you do a great job of viewing them both as whole people, which I think yes. oftentimes can really get lost in this fandom. Like sometimes yeah. I even am guilty of it, like just viewing them as them rather than being two whole individual characters outside of their relationship sure. and dynamic. Yeah, I mean the show doesn't do a great job of that either so that's kind of where it comes from but i hope you know we'll get more tina and we can expand that smush name into something i don't think so tibet's pretty perfect but i mean um i do they are two separate people and the qualities that each one has makes them pretty perfect to be together because it's a balance when they're together and it's working and all the all the engines are running and they're, they're able to be themselves, their true selves. And I think they can only be that with each other, which is why I want them together and which I love seeing them together. But that sometimes gets lost. And that is when they start to lose themselves, what their dream, each individual character's dreams are. Like if one becomes too dominant, then doesn't work and they're not and the other one's not allowed to really be themselves you know like for instance like the the reason for the divorce um not enough tina needed space and away from bet because bet can be dramatic she can be overwhelming that's exciting sometimes but then when it gets to be too much you know maybe maybe they did move to new york and maybe things were doing okay. Tina had her job as her as the producer of you know what you know her her new job there. They moved for her, mm-hmm. but maybe that had to got an offer with this other what is it the Department of Cultural Affairs in L.A. Mm-hmm. And maybe she had to move back, and maybe Tina had to use some more of her sick days and stuff to take care of Angie, and yeah. you know that, that kind of a thing where it got to be one taking too much makes making too much of a sacrifice i could i could see that happening again it happened before and that was never fixed it was more like swept under the rug let's not talk about it yeah that was season six let's not talk about it yeah right when everybody always talks about how season six they fixed everything like they've grown so much and i'm like have they though yeah yeah. they learn they haven't learned to deal with it very well other than just like kind of you know not talking about it but still very much together they're you know they're 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 they look great they're 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 solid kind of but there's still things under there that they have not 
really dealt with and right you know exactly so that's why when people are like oh they had such good growth i'm like uh little okay <laughs> for them they weren't on edge with each other 24 7 like they <laughs> were, like yeah. basically two and a half consistent seasons but <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. they weren't playing past the kidnap with angie anymore oh my god but yeah. like i i'm sorry to say like i don't know if you realize this that's an incredibly low bar yeah so like you know or like even looking at season one that is also an incredibly low bar <laughs> sure. so i don't know if saying like you're not constantly unhinged like why haven't you broken up yet constantly sniping <laughs> at each other in private so clearly your relationship is 100 percent healthy now like that's not cheating anymore that's good right yeah yeah low bar for season one (laughs) yeah so like yeah and i think it's also interesting because i've been seeing this start to pop up again that like just that discussion about how ridiculous it is that tina left to find herself because of the divorce and it's like I don't think people are are realizing that it's like even setting aside all the things about Tina's character and how she's been written and the various reasons that she might not even at the age that she is not know who she is even mm-hmm. if she had realized who she was when someone literally forces you to make yourself small at the expense of making themselves larger, you are going to lose all sense of self-identity that you may have found. So I don't think it was a a thing of like, I need to go find who I am, like I'm 25. I think it was like a sense of like, oh my God, I can't breathe. (laughs) Like I am literally suffocating. Yeah. yeah. And the thing, I don't even think that real, probably didn't realize just how no. she can be, you know, no. it's, that's the sad part because they're not communicating, like, probably, probably not communicating again, mm-hmm. uh, making their feelings known and shocker, shocker. And yet, yeah, I just, it's tragic yet, you know, not unfixable. I've right. been doing a season three uh, rewatch and, you know, I, that season obviously as we all know here is painful but there's things that I'm picking up on now that I didn't really pick up about them before you know we've one we've always been so desperate for Tina content I didn't realize in a moment we did find out in season three that her favorite movie is Catch-22 okay yes (laughs) there's a Tina fact for you that I didn't realize we got a little bit of insight into Tina okay you guys need to make a list. Make That's a list. right. <laughs> make a list of tiny Tina facts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But also one of the things that I kind of saw is, I guess, interesting about Tina's conversation with Bet before Bet goes to Washington, D.C., is that Tina describes all these qualities that she likes about Senator Grisham and why she thinks she's such a badass when mm-hmm. Bette possesses a lot of those same qualities, but in that in that time of their relationship, Tina didn't find any of those things attractive about Bette. Yeah. Yeah. But in 
in truth, what we know is that they just kind of jumped into parenthood. Did yep. they really work through the issues of the affair? Did they work nope. through this, mm-hmm. you know, power dynamic that was going on? I think that one of the reasons, not just because they were struggling financially, that Tina took that job with Helena was to gain back her power. And I think, again, paying closer attention now than I ever have before, you know, there's this moment that Tina and Helena have an interaction in episode four or five, I believe. And Tina stands up to Helena and Mm -hmm. Helena says, you know, it won't happen again. She kind of undermined her in that meeting that they had with Dylan and and her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And you can see the look on Tina's face that she's so surprised yeah, that she successfully stood up to someone. She even says, and she about brags later. to bet about it when yep. she gets home. Yep. She's like, "Guess what I did?" Yeah, yeah. and I think that that job was a was a very huge shift in Tina's life. Yes, uh, it's not to say that whatever she was doing prior to you know the work that she was doing prior to us seeing them in season one probably wasn't dynamic and and great. But just given the circumstances of what had gone on in her personal life, I felt like that really pushed her to say, like, I'm going to have my autonomy in this relationship. And this is the only way it's going to work. Yeah. And I think especially given Beth's circumstances at that time Mm -hmm. and Beth's need for control in everything always, I think that was, and again, probably without Beth even realizing it, that was probably a huge source of tension for them mm-hmm. because yes. Bet was unemployed. Mm-hmm. Bet did not have a lot of, Bet did not know how to be a parent. Mm-hmm. Bet did not have control over whether she was legally going to be allowed to be a parent. Yep. Right. She had no control over anything. And things she, are falling apart with Tina. Right. And so she has no control over anything, which to be fair, she does eventually realize and try to express to Tina at the worst possible time, but she does try, Yeah, you know, but so that, and then having Tina, Tina come into her own and finally start to stand up and be this like badass, powerful woman I think without meaning to, and this is not a healthy way to look at it, but I, I think Bet almost saw it as it rubbing salt in the wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you trust me to figure this out? Mm-hmm. But it's right. not whether Tina was doing it like to try and she saw it as a situation that was pretty dire at that point because there's no income coming in. And so she wanted to try and she, she, she was trying to take control of the situation and for the good of, I think everyone, I believe that. All three of them. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I think, I think maybe Bet expected her to just like chill while I figure out what I want to do and what would make me happy to earn a living. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and that was I, the thing was, yeah, I love like, that, but that is ridiculous. That is just you're, right. you're pulling down the family for your own selfish. Yeah. Right. And, and that was the thing was Tina was like, fine. If you want to hang around until you find the perfect job, yeah. fine. Yeah. We have an infant yeah. who needs yeah. food and diapers and all of this stuff. Yeah. So if you want to w- wait around for the perfect job, I'm taking this job with Helena because mm-hmm. 
that will feed our child. Right. Yes. It, it was very clear that they were both having a lot of the same worries, fears, anxieties mm -hmm. in that season, right? Yes. But they were right. going about it so much differently. Whereas Tina was just like, like I got to do something. <laughs> like we're parents right. now, this is no joke. And Bet was just so deep in her feelings. And it's not to say that she, I wouldn't say that Bet was by any means being like a crybaby about the whole thing. I think no. she just did not know how to cope. So no, I, no. I did feel a lot for Bet in that season because Absolutely. she is just so, it's like every time she tries to like even make a small attempt to make things work with Tina or in her personal life, professional life, whatever, yes. she just gets beaten down. Like life hits her so hard that season. Yeah. And I think Bet is so inexperienced with expressing her feelings yeah. that she always, it's almost like, if it weren't so tragic, it would be a comedy skit. That yep. like, she always picks the wrong time. She yeah. always does it in the worst possible, <laughs> most insulting way. Yeah. Like, it it always just, sounds about herself. It sounds like it's yeah. about herself all the time. Yeah, like yeah. it's never, and it's like, and it's heartbreaking because you can see where she's coming from and you can see how much pain she's in, yes. but because of the like nose to the grindstone, I have to get this done mindset, Angie comes first that mm -hmm. Tina is in, she can't see that. Yeah. You know, she is just not picking up on that. Well, and one of the other things that I often forget, and I don't know if it's just because there's so many new things going on at the start of season three, is that it was still pretty early on in the time since Beth's dad had passed away, you know, when all that was yes. on. Oh yeah. And, you know, I know folks often will say, oftentimes the Gen Q haters will say like, who was Bet Porter in season one of Gen Q? She was unrecognizable. Like, can you all imagine not having the three closest people in your whole life now just be gone? Like yep. mm -hmm. the rawness of Kit dying is one thing, but then that drudges up so many feelings of her dad dying 10 years prior and, yeah. and the divorce yeah. with Tina, like her world was over. Yeah. yeah. Like, can we, can we please just like the people that love her most. if you yeah. want this to be a real life representation, guess yeah. what? In real life, grief is a thing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, and you don't get over it in a year. Yeah. Or an episode. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, all everything that happened with, with Bed. I mean, she was just trying to deal with the loss and like the whole thing with the mayor race. I mean, uh, she was doing it for Kit, right? Yeah. Kit. And, you know, God, the Felicity thing. I, uh, the not Tina thing. Um, it's not <laughs> Tina thing. That's going to be everyone. I'm sorry. That's going to be not everyone that is not Tina is going to be called not Tina. Yes. That's maybe that's even right. Gigi. Got <laughs> yeah. a name right now, but anyway. Um, yeah. So even, even Jennifer, Jennifer said something in an interview, like that is just works through the pain. And that's why by the end of Gen Q season one, she is just the lowest. Like you can okay. see it. You know, you know what I, you know what, one of my favorite moments in the entire of, in the entire, I would say, even including the original is when of all people, Angie calls her out on that. Yeah. Yeah. 
when Angie just says that, when she just says to her, you just kept going. Yeah. She just puts it into words. Mm -hmm. Because I think- It was like, I was wondering when this would happen. Yeah. And I think Angie is- is So good. (laughs) Perhaps, I think Bet would- rejected at first but then would take it from tina but i think angie is the only person on god's green earth bet porter would just hear that message from and take it sure very and just let it in yeah and actually like think about it and contemplate what that means yeah and i think that's one that's one thing that is going to play into the reunification of Tina and Bet that we did not have in the original series, right? Angie was a baby. She wasn't, you know, she didn't have any back then. She couldn't do much anything. But now Can you she, imagine if Bet tried to kidnap Angie now? Right. <laughs> but now they have this daughter who so firmly just stands on her own two feet and is not afraid to like call bullshit on either of her parents oh yeah you know or bet and i think that angie will ultimately have something to do with them realizing that they're made for one another and they they need to make it work i hope so that would be great to see yeah yeah because she does it with tina too like when they're sitting there talking about her license and tina's like i hate that i'm missing everything and angie just goes well you you don't have to yeah yeah (laughs) i love that yeah Yeah. like and not meanly, not in like an accusing way, even just like I'm presenting her an option, you know? Yeah. You don't have to miss this. Yeah. 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 I love them. MVP, <laughs> Angie Porter Kennard. <laughs> That's right. Can't wait to see it. So let me ask you this, Jules. Do you, I know you, so you have this theme with Instagram in this restaurant and, you know, takeout with Twitter, and that's, that's pretty unique which I didn't have even realize until you just like pointed it out. <laughs> Though, to be fair, I didn't even know until a couple months ago that you ran the whole, the whole site. That's um, true. I was here. I was there when Brittany realized that was oh. you. Was hilarious. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I started talking a little bit more about it after, after you said, uh, oh, that's you? Yeah. Right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, here's my picture. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, what... What I really appreciate about your content is that you do focus heavily on the truth with Tina and Bet, and you also really look at it more of a pos- in a positive way. You know, you're not sitting there saying, you know, let's burn everything that is Gen Q, let's put it all up in flames. Like mm. you stay very hopeful about this couple that oftentimes can be difficult. And so I guess. My question for you is like, how, how do you keep that positivity, especially when a things are just like, not the greatest with them at this point. And we really don't know what's to come and B, the fandom at large for the most part is just a cesspool of trash. So, so explain to me. Okay. (laughs) Explain how this. So how do you do that? How do, how do, do you do maintain how do the I? positivity? And that's not to say, I know you, you have your moments. We have our conversations sure. in private about things that aggravate you and things like that. But I'm just saying like, <laughs> how do you manage to not be like, give up hope for them? Okay. Yeah. I'm a pretty 
happy, positive person in general. Okay. Things do get me down, but like there's things that I find enjoyment in that I don't invest unless I kind of like I'm in it. And um, these characters, there's a cycle. There seems to be a cycle with them, but you have all the ingredients there. I've been a part of fandoms where, you know, a couple, on-screen couple, someone dies, someone, uh, the actor is no longer interested in doing the work. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. You've got Jennifer Beals. You've got Laurel Holloman. They're in it. They are Bet and Tina. Mm-hmm. I'm watching them. Mm-hmm. They are continuing the story. We didn't know very much about what they thought about these characters. I mean, we had some interviews from back in the day. But my God, when Laurel showed up in episode six of Gen Q, like I was pretty sure that was her. No one else was. <laughs> okay. We know the way these characters are with each other. I was like, who is that looking at? You know, in that preview, who's that looking? She opens the door. Who is that? Her face, she only looks at Art and Tina that way. Okay. (laughs) And I'm like, it's got to be Tina. It's got to be Tina. Please let it be Tina. Don't let me be wrong. And you just know that these two are in control of what we're seeing. Okay. When Laurel came back and those interviews came out after that episode, it was like gold for me. I'm like, we're going to get them back. Because yeah. they still believe in them. They brought, they wouldn't bring all of this, all of this story back. They wouldn't come back if they were going to do us dirty, you know? Laurel, especially, she was out of the business, all yeah. right? She is in a whole other thing, successful. Mm-hmm. She would only come back for this. Yeah. And there was this um, interview in a Spanish publication in June where she actually said she, she would come back for this, she would like to see the story continue. All right. I don't know if anyone saw that, but it was in the publication. I will post it later. Um, <laughs> as facts, people, facts. These are the things we know, right? We know yeah. Jennifer, Laurel, Bet, Tina. Mm-hmm. All right. And they're invested. And I mean, I'm I, I feel like that is more than I've ever gotten <laughs> in any other fandom when I yeah. did the thing. <laughs> because they're all in and uh, I believe in the story that they're yeah. telling. So yeah. that's, that's really as simple as it is for me. Sure. That will sustain me <laughs> for a while. <laughs> I think, you know, Laurel is a lot more chill about Tibet. I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, like she's, she's back and it's great. But like, she didn't make it this big thing. Right. Like she was oh. just like, yeah, here I am on set. Here's my, here's my makeup gal. Like she's just, <laughs> She's doing her life, right? Yeah. But like, you can tell Jennifer Beals takes the the Kennard Porter family very serious. Oh my God. Like to me, and, and we had this conversation, I think last time with Ash too. To me, when I see Jennifer Beals and a lot of people will associate her with Flashdance, but to <laughs> me, she's always going to be Bet Porter. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Period. Um, like she, she as an actor, she is response. She has a sense of responsibility for what she's doing. Right. And one of my favorite interviews with her is when she actually was talking about going hiking 
just before she got the L word. She went hiking and she dropped on her knees and yep. asked the universe for a love story, a great love story. And then she got offered the L word and some other show. And uh-huh. she took the L word. Yeah. And there's her love story. Yeah. And she, I think she takes that kind of stuff seriously. Yeah. Oh my God. You know? yeah. Absolutely. You know? So, you know, it's funny because I hadn't thought of it until you said it. But now I'm like, okay, it really says something that both of the actors involved in the ship have literally said, we want it to happen. Yes. So, yes. And one of them is an executive producer. Yes. I kind of don't know, like, what more of a, like, flag they could really give us. I mean, that's why. Like, it would be it would be one thing if one of them had been like, I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. (laughs) But for both of them to have said it, and for it to seem like, because I think the one thing that was kind of up in the air for me was like, is Laurel going to be back substantially, or is it just going to be like she's going to be in season two for like a couple of episodes? But since it seems like she's back, back. You know, I mean, and, and I know this year was a little different because COVID and stuff like that. But like, <laughs> I get the sense that she's committed oh, yeah. to being a pretty yeah. serious guest star for as long as Jen Q goes on. Well, I mean, she's been living in Austin since they started filming. Right. She could have easily had said like, no, this isn't going to work for my life. Yeah. I can't keep flying back and forth. Like my family is here. So there is like for, again, for as chill as my perception is of how she kind of takes coming back to the L word to her, I think it is deeply important. Right. Right. So, yeah. So that was kind of my only, like, I don't know, hang up. And now I'm pretty, I'm pretty assured. So thank you. You have made me feel better. (laughs) My job is done. That's all I want to do for the friend. just Just throw some hope out there. There's a lot of kind of, twisting and turning of uh, things and I just don't work yourself up or you, I, I don't want to say don't work yourself up but I, everyone's different how they want to deal with this but uh, don't overthink it don't overthink <laughs> it sometimes just don't overthink it you know these things facts right so you have these interviews they've said it they in pants thank god for pants right yeah they both said it Laurel said it in diva magazine where she was like uh, I, I kind of I want them back together you know but let's find out who Carrie is. Okay, we're going to do that in season two. Three episodes, okay? We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. I can Will she fall in an elevator shaft? It might happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my well, God, the irony of that. <laughs> no kidding. Well, yeah. and, you know, also just a side note here. I've made, a, I made comments over a series of episodes about the fandom and I just want you to know if you're an all things Tibet podcast listener, you're excluded from any of the hate that I do this fandom. <laughs> just setting the record straight. If you're a listener and a supporter of our podcast, you are oh, yeah. not included in that category. Just oh. so you know, I just wanted to make sure that folks were oh. like, man, she really hates this fandom, and we're the ones that are listening to her. <laughs> no. yeah, I think I I would hope it's safe to say that if anybody, if People who are listening to this podcast have been engaged in this fandom. I think if you've been at all engaged in this fandom, you know exactly the type of people we're talking about. So hopefully you know that we don't mean you, but just in case, we promise we don't mean you. Yeah. 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 
So <laughs> what are some final thoughts that you want to give us on your feelings on Tina and Bet? maybe some things that have just been on your mind? What, what are some things you want to just put out into the universe this moment to share with us? Oh, I, you know, I think they will be back together. I actually think it'll happen in season two. That's how hopeful and positive I am. Wow. <laughs> I, I actually am putting a lot of, I mean, I don't know, I, I, that look, that scene with Jennifer that they showed in that teaser where she's looking up and she's got all the hope and love and all the, you know, stuff. That face, again, here I am, like, you know, throwing it out there, just... I think she's looking at Tina. I don't know what she's doing or what Tina is doing, but, or what happened to give her this look, but I'm feeling like, I don't know. I'm feeling very hopeful for season two. That's all. And I, I have to see the Porto Canard family again. And uh, just to see, you know, how they start finding their way back to each other. Yeah. That's always exciting. The slow burn, the angst. Oh That's yeah, part of it. That's part of the beauty of it. I mean, uh, who doesn't want to see them happy? Sure, but that doesn't make for great TV. Yeah, right. To start, I mean, we want to see them together, but like starting, if even if Laurel was available in Gen Q season one, you know, you're still trying to introduce this big, huge couple that was known for all that slow burn and angst. You're going to introduce them as this happy couple and no, we're taking care of Angie. Let's, let's drive her to school. And I, I don't doubt that Laurel was busy because they, when they announced, you know, her, her plans were already done for, for that year for her art shows. Mm -hmm. So they put her in when, when they could. And Laurel was there, right? She mm -hmm. showed up when she could. She, she gave us a lot in those two episodes mm -hmm. yeah. and it, it was enough to, um, pique everyone's interest and uh put the seeds of season two and hopefully three into motion mm -hmm. you know and now that we know that these actors are committed to this couple it's gonna happen just gotta be more patient again yeah everyone everyone in the original series waited what three four seasons for them to get back together sure we can wait a few more episodes i think i hate to say it i mean i'm not trying to tell anyone again how to feel but this is how i this is how i see it you know I'm patient. I can wait. And uh, a, a group of us are having a discussion about this actually last night is, you know, with the pandemic is still being what it is, right? Like it's still out there. I know we have the vaccine and things are hopeful, but that's not the case in every other country outside of ours, right? Sure. And so will art shows and exhibitions change? Like uh -huh. will the nature of them change over the next few years? And this would be a window of time that Laurel maybe can have even more of a, you know, involvement should there be a season three. Yeah. So. You never know. <laughs> well, I appreciate you being as hopeful as you are. It kind of snaps me back to reality sometimes when I want to lose hope for this, oh. this beloved fictional couple of ours. Same. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> you know, whenever I need a dose of sanity and yeah, hope. Yeah. It shouldn't be this hard, really, right? You yeah. love this couple. You're part of a fandom. And I'm sure everyone loves them. It's just different ways that they do it. And yeah, it doesn't always... Doesn't always... Doesn't always translate. Yeah, doesn't yeah. always translate. <laughs> Good word. 
yeah uh, so but we're we're i'm you know here for each other and that's why i have my site if anyone wants a vote of vote of hope and a vote of uh facts and you know straight talk and mushy talk because they're just amazing and i love getting all mushy about them too that's right the youngins call it soft right yes yes, yes. that's <laughs> right in your feelings well we appreciate you thank you for joining us today thank you for uh, having me. taylor do you have any final thoughts no i think that's a good note to end on right. thank well, you this, i love the podcast this is, <laughs> yes thank you i know you you are a big supporter of our podcast so thank mm -hmm. you so much for listening and sharing and we, we appreciate that so thank you again. this has been episode 15 of all things to that podcast i'm Brittany. i'm taylor and i'm jules tuning in to another episode of all things Tibet podcast hosted by myself Brittany and my other co-host Taylor you can find our main podcast page on anchor.fm slash all things Tibet you can find us on social media including Facebook Twitter and Instagram and the rest of the summer will include more interviews with other Tibet slash L word creators. We will be interviewing some OG and some newer Gen Q fans, and we'll continue through our review of season one of the original series. Thank you to all those who continue to listen, who have supported us, and make this podcast what it is. We love you all, and we'll see you next week. Bye.